Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to a different kind of walk. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hey. Oh, I'm being abandoned now. Lumi was tucked into me, but now he jumped off and he's... Can you see him over there? On <laughs> it's like, oh, there are people talking. I don't want to yeah. sit with you. It's like we're disturbing him. <laughs> oh, well, my cat's sitting out the door, outside the door, meowing at me. So I might have to let her in. So oh, she's wait a minute, not- Scotty. Did you just change clothes? I did have a costume change. <laughs> Happy koala days. <laughs> oh, Christmas koala. I wish I was more mobile. I'd get up and put on my uh, raccoon sweater. You have a raccoon Christmas sweater? I do. (laughs) Although it's just a raccoon, so nobody gets it. But it's from the movie Elf when Elf goes up to the raccoon and says, don't you want to (laughs) hug? So that was on our Christmas card about three years ago. Nice. Nobody got it. (laughs) welcome to a different kind of walk i'm scotty i'm here with susan and jeff we're going to be talking about some of our favorite christmas songs for our holiday special but before we get started jeff actually wanted to talk about a book he's been reading and i'll hand it over to him because he knows more about that than i do jeff what are you reading So I just finished A Place Called Home by David Ambrose. And uh, David's mother had mental health issues and she had three children. And fathers were not involved in any of the children's lives. Mm -hmm. So they're traveling after their mother through in New York City uh, like little ducklings And he talks about the Christmas season and being a five-year-old ghost. And we've been in New York City at Christmas time a number of times. And we've been in those shopping areas along with going to plays and out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. But it, it made me think about being in those crowds and the ghosts, uh, those that were living on the street weaving their way through at night, um, trying to get to a warm place. And my brain wasn't even there. So, uh, so this is a wonderful book, a place called home by David Ambrose. And particularly this time of year, as we're thinking of Joseph and Mary pretty much rejected by the people in Bethlehem where they were going, I would just encourage uh, everybody to read that sometime. Yeah, Jeff, that sounds like it would be really eye-opening. I do want to take this opportunity before we move on, since you brought that up, to remind everyone that if you think you, our listeners, might be dealing with undiagnosed or untreated mental health issues that are impacting your ability to live a normal life, you do not need to be ashamed. I would just encourage you to seek help because honestly, you are not the only one and you are not in this alone. You can look up the National Institute of Mental Health online at nimh.nih.gov, and there are many links and resources on that site to get you started finding help. That's 
nimh.nih.gov. Okay, guys, so we are going to start our Christmas special and talk about our favorite or least favorite Christmas songs and what they mean to us or just simply give some fun facts about them. So, Scotty, let's have it. Okay, well, it it depends on which one you want to start with. They all Um, point to Jesus. Especially walking in a winter wonderland. Let's start there then. Okay, in the meadow, we can build a (laughs) snowman. And pretend that he's Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? Right away, we've departed from reality. Mm-hmm. The snowman is speaking to us. And his first question is like, is this, is this matrimony? And then we'll say, no, man, but you can do the job. I just want to know, are they married now? Like, do we well- honor an unordained snowman sort of pronouncements? No, this is an engagement pre write it in the sky. This this is a great romantic guy who is, you know, thinking about proposal. So, so are you saying that the person who's singing creates the snowman in order to pop the question? Is that what you're saying? Possibly. Clever. Yeah. It's like it's like when you have a really difficult conversation to have with your child and you use a hand puppet and the hand <laughs> puppet is bringing it up. Yeah. You say it, it was him. You can triangulate. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, this oh. snowman thinks we should get married. I don't know. He seems pretty smart. <laughs> Okay, um, can I bring up some controversy? Sure. Mary, did you know? You brought that up the other day, and I know you love that song. I hate that song so much, but go ahead. <laughs> so I brought it up on purpose for controversy. Did I did I bring it up on a podcast before? Um, I think I cut it out. So <laughs> you so, hate it that much. So it happens when you fight the editor. No, mm. yeah. So Mary, did you know, which initially my response to it was, oh, that's a pretty song, just kind of thoughtful song. And then somebody came out with, yes, I freaking knew, <laughs> which is um, don't mansplain to me about what I, Mary, knew but she was human Mm. and so all of us have moments of questioning right Mm. so i want to hear i want to hear the rebuttal from susan now i was just gonna say so susan so what do you think about those thoughts about that song that is mary did you know and i can't think of all the words that your baby boy uh, would save the world. One day, walk on water. <laughs> walk on water. What do you? What do you save think? Our sons and daughters. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually Scotty, not Susan. Yeah, I like that. So, um, <laughs> Susan won't cut that out. That's no, so, that I mean, what do you think of the song when you think about 
oh would, I have... would Mary who carried Jesus have ever had those questions? I don't have a problem with the song theologically. I just think it's corny and I don't like the music. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay. I'll back up. When I first was pregnant with my firstborn, Gary, my husband, was like, wow, it's the miracle of life. This is so cool. And he was like in awe of everything. I, on the other hand, was like, I hate this. There is an alien growing inside of me. I will never be alone again. This is this is not a miracle. This is annoying. Um, so again, hearing some. And were you like, sick? I don't remember. I did get sick. Yeah. I yeah. got to, I like, couldn't drive myself to, I mean, I could, I did drive myself to work. Um, but I would throw up driving myself to work. So not fun. But so, yeah, some of it's just that where it's like some dude is over there being like, Mary, this is such an amazing miracle of life. And it's just like, did you know this song was written by Yolanda Feinstein? No. Yeah, I made that name up. I don't I don't. Okay, I was going to say we should look up. Is it written by a guy? Because I'm going to check right now. Come on. Okay, are we ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm reading straight from the wiki. Mary, did you know is a Christmas song addressing Mary, mother of Jesus, with lyrics written by Mark Lowry. Yes. In, <laughs> in 1984 and music written by Buddy Green in 1991. It was originally recorded by Christian recording artist Michael English on his self-titled debut solo album in 1991. Yeah, so it also just feels very much like 1991, and it's just lame. So I don't like it. (laughs) So uh, Barrett was born in 1991. (laughs) I was 32. So it's part of my era, so get over it. (laughs) Jeffrey, did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey, did you know that this song you chose is the worst in creation? Jeffrey, did you know that this song you chose does give me Tell us your favorite uh, Australian uh, Christmas song um, uh, that you're wearing the koala shirt. Oh, I was like, what an oddly specific question. Um, (laughs) I really enjoy Oh Come All Ye Faithful. It's it's been sung so many times in my childhood, but I think that the thing with Christmas hymns is that a lot of us really know the first verse, right? Mm -hmm. 
But there's some gems in the later verses. Arianism, as you probably both know, is the belief that Jesus is not co-eternal with God, that Jesus is not of quite the same substance of God, that there was a time when he was not, but now he is forevermore. I bring that up only because in, I think, like verse three or four, there is this dunk on this Christian heresy. To the true God of true God or something? Yes! Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so they're saying like, true God of true God, begotten, not created. And then before you have time to react to that, they just say, oh, come let us adore him. And it's like, no, wait, I wasn't, I wasn't making any claims about what you haven't explained what that means, what begotten, what eternally begotten even means. Um, true God of true God is like, okay, he's of the same substance of the father, just so we're clear. The birth of this baby is not the beginning of Christ. He is true God of true God, begotten, right. not created. Now, let's get back to the baby. <laughs> recently found out that between the years of 1647 and 1660 Christmas was banned in England by parliament for being too pagan but that leads me into my next song which is Silver Bells as the shoppers rush home with their treasures hear the snow crunch which is written in 1950 and it's very New Englandy, so like all about snow and all about the city, like it's not rural at all, but it's all about shopping. It's street lights and it's stoplights and it's snow and it's bustling and and like the busyness of the season and it's like all the packages wrapped up and just I don't know. I I actually really like it. I never really thought about like to say Christian and secular is one way to divide Christmas carols. But I think there's also just like songs that are about Christ and the event that inspired Christmas and songs that are about the celebration. So I don't know if I was trying to force it, but Michael Jackson had a song about one little Christmas tree. You know, it's the little Christmas tree that's not picked, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and the Christmas tree is singing, please, uh, Father Christmas tree, help me be a part of the season, and it ends with the Christmas tree, little Christmas tree being chosen because an angel puts a star on the top hmm. of the tree to shine the light to the world. And so we all know light, an image of Christ. And I'm like listening to this song and going, am I trying to force too much theology into this song? 
did they really, is this kind of poetic in using a tree for the image of Christ or not? But um, I've, I've never heard of the song period. So I'm definitely going to listen to this afterwards. It's Christmas time in the city. Ring a ring a ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas day. I am an Enneagram seven. So, Susan, what's the next song on my list of hymns? Joy to the world. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I remember, uh, Jeff, while I, in likely the same years that I was learning O Come All Ye Faithful, I was also learning Joy to the World, and there was a small disagreement among the faculty about the Lord is come versus the Lord has come. Mm -hmm. And my father, the principal, was on the side of is come. And my music teacher, who was also my English teacher, was on the side of has come because it had better subject verb agreement in modern standard written English. Mm -hmm. So Jeff, do you have an opinion on this debate? Uh, I love poetic license. So I'm is come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about is come. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about syllabic density in the word Gloria and how many syllables we can fit in the word Gloria. Well, okay. And if you're keeping track at home, that's 18 syllables, a three syllable word. But I thought that um, angels we have heard on high held the record for most syllables in the word Gloria. Like mm-hmm. 18 to 3 seemed like a really strong ratio. Mm-hmm. Recently, I was listening to Ding Dong Merrily on High. Oh, oh you're so right. How many? I counted 33. Wow. 33 syllables. That's 11 times the original syllabic value. That's impressive. Yeah, that's fun. That's very good. Okay, next song. Uh, Let's do The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year tucked away in the verse is... There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Mm-hmm. Neither of which are traditions I'm familiar with, telling ghost stories at Christmas, or 
glories of former Christmases. It sounds very martial and military to me. And I'm. I'm oh, really? Oh, I mean, so for me, I think I think of a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Okay, um, you got me there. Yes. Yeah. So that it is a Christmas story, but it is a ghost story. I mean, I guess if I think about it, that's the only one I know. It, but it Susan, is. Christmas. wouldn't you call the Nativity a holy ghost story? Mm. <laughs> 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 got me. Um. So yeah, so that's my ghost story. But then Tales of the Glories of Christmas is long, long ago. Just honestly, it just reminds me of like, you know, you remember the Christmases when you were a kid. You remember the, like what it was like when you were a kid and you tell those stories to your kids. And like, you remember Christmases, like if you, if your dad died or if somebody else in your family is not there, like you remember Christmases where those people were there. And like, Christmas is such a hard time of year for that reason, but it's also like such a beautiful time. It can be a time of grief in a good way, like healing in that regard, just like telling those old stories, telling about those people who are gone, just all of that. And there's a song that has just killed me the last two years. It's called This Time of Year, and it's by Reese Lewis. I'll try to make a version of it here. remembering them and he ends the song by saying that he likes whiskey and his mom likes gin and he uses that to let us know that the generations have turned over but the traditions have kept going and you know we raise a glass and remember the people that we miss this time of year Uh, that was a that was a very sweet way to interpret tales of the glories, I think is a much a much more accurate way. My memories, Susan, going back to what you're talking about and thinking about family and uh, celebrating being together, and you know, thinking of my grandmother Barrett, who we named Barrett after my great grandmother, and all these other folks. I mean, we just had tremendous Christmas gatherings. And so my not being raised in a spiritual home, a secular song that's moving to me is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. 
There's just something about that that takes me back to the sweetness of my family when everybody was together uh, before the divorce and all that kind of stuff. And just um, Mm -hmm. it makes me nostalgic, but makes me happy at the same time. that reminds me of a really dark and gloomy one that I wanted to talk about in the bleak midwinter. Like the first is, part. Is it hard to sing? Because I can picture choirs doing it more than right. congregational singing. specifically into the the scene of Christ's birth like it it is a nativity thing but like part of what I think is interesting is I mean again I love this song also it very very rarely snows in Bethlehem so (laughs) like we're setting this whole thing up as a very makes the news the international news when it snows in Jerusalem or Bethlehem yeah like it happens on occasion but not it's not we're not in new hampshire and there there aren't like feet and feet of snow and it i mean i think the the normal winter nighttime temperature is like 43 in bethlehem so we we just we set this scene this very new englandy christmas scene and think of the birth of jesus you know he's like freezing out in the snow cuz they're in a stable and whatever um and like none of that's true i wonder if part of that is like dickensian christmas carol christmas well, no that's is exactly that like it. overlaid onto the nativity That's exactly it. So the guy who wrote the lyrics to that song, his name was Edward Caswell, and he lived in England at the exact same time that Dickens did. Yes, I know, mind blown. I was like, where does this come from? Why do we have this idea that like, you know, (laughs) Jesus was born in this freezing cold? And it's because of that, yeah. So like this guy essentially writes a Christmas carol on top of the nativity scene and it's it's just kind of fascinating how these where these things come from 
there are strong theories that Jesus would have been born more in springtime. Mm -hmm. In reality, we do not know the day mm -hmm. that he was born. And more than likely, as the lambs were born in spring, the lamb of God possibly would have born, been born at springtime also and there was a census right so there was traveling to get to the census they they wouldn't do that in winter time i mean wars shut down in that area in winter you knew that a war was going to start up again in the spring because hmm. nobody wanted to be out and about in winter even though it wasn't freezing cold eight feet of snow it was still winter and it was colder the okay so the other one was we wish you a merry christmas which again is just kind of a song that's not saying anything for the first verse. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, good times. But, but it's the one that we know. And then they start making demands. Yeah. Verse two. <laughs> Now bring us some figgy, some figgy pudding. So bring us some figgy pudding. So bring us some figgy pudding and a cup of good cheer. God knows what's in that cup so of good cheer. That's very British, right? I mean, figgy pudding has to be British. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's until we get some. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like verse three would not have happened if the answer to verse two were not no. Yeah. <laughs> I will not bring you either figgy pudding or a cup of good cheer. They're like, well, get used and, to and this. What's then. interesting is they cut out verse four, which is which was about the burning down of the house after they, oh, but they yeah. just that didn't go along with Merry Christmas, so they cut that out. I heard. Right, right. We'll reduce your home to cinders. We'll reduce your home to cinders. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. Sounds sweet, lovely. But that second verse is like, where did that come from? Yeah, they're actually I... raiders coming in to like pillage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had Christmas carolers at our house and they've never begged for anything or, yeah. Much less like, just change themselves to your porch and like we <laughs> won't leave until we get some like i don't know if you've got figgy pudding on but you better start it you better go to the grocery store get some figs if you don't have them yeah are yeah. there more verses than those three no then after they say we won't leave until we get some then they just go right back to we wish you a merry christmas <laughs> which is either the continued realization of the threat of like we're gonna keep singing here <laughs> or or they've been appeased and now they can truly wish them a merry christmas maybe every british household has figgy pudding in their freezer it's like as simple as asking for a glass of milk like, yeah which makes me wonder, like, do 
fig trees grow in England? Um, they grow in Amarillo, Texas. Yeah, so I like think of figs as like more of a warmer climate tree. Mm. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, I'm on a I'm on planetfig.com, uh, <laughs> which is my new go-to for trusted fig information. So what does fig.com say? They can grow- uh, planetfig.com, according to their article, a short history of fig growing in Britain says that it may have been introduced uh, by the Romans. Yeah. Uh, In Britain, these seeds are thought to be from figs that have been pollinated, something that suggests the seeds were from imported dried fruit grown where fig wasps exist rather than grown here in the UK. The first fig tree thought to have been planted in the UK is attributed to Cardinal Pole, later Archbishop of Canterbury, who planted a tree in the garden of the Palace of Lambeth around 1552. This tree was likely to have been brought back from Italy by Pole, who had lived there for some time. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Like, Italy is Mediterranean. Like, mm-hmm. that, that sounds logical. The last one is is back to a religious song. Um, Let all mortal flesh keep silent, Mm. which may actually be my favorite. One, because I love minor key Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. I do actually love the the gloomy sort of um, reverence of it all. I also love it because the title is the most church appropriate way to tell everyone in the room to shut up. just let all mortal flesh keep silence just for one dang minute um and we could talk about the weird sentence diagrams of uh, of some of the christian christmas carols but christ our god to earth descended lawful homage to demand if i were to arrange that in a normal way it would be like our god Christ descended to earth to demand lawful homage. Hmm. But the way that the song is written is you just get Christ our God to earth. And there's like a half second where you're like, to earth what? (laughs) Is is he only God to earth? (laughs) (laughs) So I know the tune to this song and I love the tune to this song, but I didn't actually know the words and I had to look them up. And I'll be honest, when you put those words with that tune, it sounds super ominous and creepy. So you can tell on the recording that I did, I made it really murdery, um, yeah. horror film-esque. <laughs> but so yeah, it starts out with, let all mortals keep silent because the Christ has descended to earth. And then the lyrics are arranged in a way that make it makes it sound like Christ came specifically to demand homage and tribute and respect because God is scary. 
and usually if songs start out that way, they come to the second or third verse and, and start talking about angels and, and kindness and, and it kind of softens it a little bit. Yeah. But in this song, the next verse is just, it talks about the angels being the seraphs and the six winged seraphs and how they stand there and they're kind of huge and they just sit there and sing glory to God. Um, and so this song is like super intense. But as I look back through the song, especially the first verse, it does have the part in there that says, with blessing in his hand, Christ, our God, to earth descended. And Mm. it makes me look back at the rest of the lyrics and think about how people wrote way back when. And this is the visual that I've come up with, like how to actually interpret this song is that all mortal flesh will be speechless and in awe at the wonder of this event of Christ's birth. The idea that God would diminish, that God, you know, God, the creator of everything, you know, would diminish God's self enough to put on mortal flesh and become one of us, to become fragile and harmable is mind-blowing yeah so in that regard the fact that the angels stand around and they sing and the and honestly the fact that the song is sounds so depressing (laughs) it just adds to the like scotty said the reverence that god doing this thing is worth paying attention to it's a big deal yeah is that minor Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's powerful. And then moving to my last thought would be not minor, uh, but hark the herald angels sing. Herald angels sing glory to the I just think that's a beautiful hymn. No, Jeff, I I always actually really enjoyed a line later in that song where they say, pleased as man with man to dwell. Mm. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Yeah. I think that's 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 really rich. It's both theologically true, like true God of true God, mm. but also very uh very very comforting i think rich in in devotional quality it's powerful we might have to come back to that at the end because i want to mention a different song that's in a minor key that kind of espouses like the opposite theological bent which is human beings are pretty horrible and god kind of hates us the song is called i wonder as i wander so I wonder. I wonder as uh, I wander. Yep. Out under the stars. Under the sky. No, it's stars. It's sky. And <laughs> I like stars better. Well, let's change it. Nope. Because the next line is why Jesus, my savior, would come for to die. Rhymes with stars. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> Let's go after Sky. 
out under the sky why Jesus my Savior did come forward to die for poor ornery people like you and like I um, I wonder as I wander out under the sky now that does not sound like a Christmas song in any way but you get to the second verse and it's when Mary birthed Jesus twas in a cow's stall with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all and high from God's heaven a starlight did fall in the promise of ages it then did recall mm. um, and then the last verse is if Jesus had wanted for any wee thing a star in the sky or a bird on the wing on I the knew wing, there was a star in this song yeah, there you go or all of God's angels in heaven for to sing he surely mm. could have it because he was the king. Yeah. And then you go back into, I wonder as I wander out under the sky, why Jesus, my savior, did come forth to die. For poor, honorary people like you and like I, I wonder as I wander. So it's like, it's very minor. It's very haunting. It's a beautiful song. Mm. And I think on my journey toward seeing God as loving and kind, I think I am tempted to throw away songs that songs that make it seem like God doesn't like us. And yet all of us have those times in our lives where we wonder like, like this world is so broken or I am so broken or things are so dark sometimes. Why would God even waste God's time with us? And so like, to a certain extent, we, I want to keep those songs around. Um, You're quoting the whole Bible right there. I mean, you are in the sense that it's humanity that keeps falling away from God and God who keeps reaching out to us, even though we're, what was the word in the song? Henri. Henri, which gets us in a mess, but God keeps reaching out to us. So to remember the honoriness is truthful. So yeah, after that, I just wanted to finish up going back to Hark the Herald Angels Sing, because that's why we celebrate Christmas in the first place, is that Jesus shows up. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Yeah, and he pleased as man with man to dwell. Like, Jesus, God doesn't stay far off. God doesn't look at the brokenness and just wash God's hands of it. God enters in and is pleased to dwell with mankind and that's beautiful so with that we want to wish you our listeners a merry christmas thank you for enjoying our shenanigans this past year and in this episode we look forward to bringing you new episodes in the new year merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas guys happy new year Bring me something pudding, <laughs> please. Yeah, and I'm done saying please, actually. Give uh, us some figgy pudding. Now. We won't leave. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for A Different Kind of Walk. Until next time, live well. <laughs>